All right, let's jump right into this, Dave. Travis, I will jump into this with you. I will hold your hand, hand in hand, step on the edge just with you, looking into this abyss of trailers that we have incoming. And just dive on, dive on through without hesitation. It's like like if Jack and the girl on Titanic just decided to jump off the ship instead of just standing there. You know, that's like where we're at. If we just jumped after that. We We just jumped. There was no epic, you know, pan or or takeaway. It was just jumping. That's I mean, the we abyss. All, we also We're trusting. Have, we also have the benefit of knowing that the water is at cold. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right, let's do this. In three, two, one. Let's talk about another self-aware, not in the sense that it's a fourth wall break, but now he's starting to understand that he must come to terms on who he has to be to save Hell's Kitchen. Let's talk about Daredevil, season three. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Daredevil season 3 Missing for months Matt Murdock reemerges a broken man Putting into question his future as both Vigilante Daredevil and lawyer Matt Murdock But when his arch nemesis Wilson Fisk Is released from prison Matt must choose between hiding from the world Or embracing his destiny as a hero This is set to release on Netflix October 19th And I am Ooh. super excited Ooh. It's been a while Dave Travis I'll let you go while. first because I'll let you go first because I'm going to nerd out on this one. Yeah. Um, first off, the epitome of the trailer is I am Daredevil. It's no longer Matt Murdock. He knows that he needs to let no longer out. be a lawyer. He is now Daredevil. And this has all the setup to be, I think, the best Daredevil season if it goes and hits everything um, that it it promotes in this trailer. You've got, you know, propaganda in the media. You've got uh, realization that Matt has to be this evil, you know, character. You've got a fake, I guess you could say, daredevil under the guise of, uh, I'm sorry, under the control of a, of the kingpin um and it just feels that this is gonna kind of be a heartbreaking season because you can kind of understand that matt has to alienate himself he has to take on this entire new role that you know is going to alienate his entire team but is necessary and that internal struggle I think is what's going to drive this narrative. And then it's going to become very intimate between him and Kingpin. Like it's now both have had time time to think about each other, how they're going to go about it uh, and, and really lay it out 
and what we might know is that this could be the last Daredevil season before it transfers over to the Disney streaming service and even if they continue it I thought this was a great trailer it's got me totally excited and it got me excited because you haven't heard a lot from Daredevil currently you know it's like the last Daredevil season was a year more than a year ago and in that time you you kind of forget about it a little bit but then this one was like a jolt be like oh by the way this is still one of Netflix's best you know not just Netflix uh, I think it's TV. one of the best superhero TV shows period no arguably arguably yeah, so yeah it's up and at least to the best then finally until I let you nerd all over it is um, the fighting looks awesome looks like we're gonna get some really good fighting scenes so it looks like we get fighting scenes with Matt outside of his costumes you mm-hmm. know you usually see him fighting in costume we've rarely seen like an epic fight scene when well, he's I think he's, in his I think he's done away with the costume I think yeah. he's I don't think we're gonna see him in the red anymore at least the red one yeah yeah he's gone yeah. back to the OG costume though it's not quite the OG it's got like the white strip underneath the mask though yeah. I dig that I dig the white strip I don't yeah. know why but I kind of like that touch um, I was never a fan of the red costume I felt like there was too much armor on it I liked his kind of raw costume and I didn't like how it and this is a nitpick I didn't like how it went above his nose because the the hooded costume that he built he kind of just puts together himself covers his nose where the where whereas the red costume kind of sits just above the bridge of his nose and it's look gives this kind of awkward piggy look I always huh. felt um, mm-hmm. now that I've told well, you Dave, I will see it. surrender the floor and allow you to speak to the nerdies uh, 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 um, so as the resident comic book nerd of the nerdy bunch, I have a lot to say about this, but first and foremost, it absolutely looks fantastic. This is actually based on a great comic book run, or loosely based, I should say, just because there'll be changes here and there, on a great comic book run, Daredevil, called Born Again, written by legendary comic book writer Frank, M- Frank Miller, who wrote um, uh, uh, Sin City and a whole bunch of other stuff. Anyway, the basic plot also focuses on the fact that Kingpin finds out Matt Murdock is Daredevil and uses that to manipulate and stuff. Obviously, it's different here because he found out in the previous season, season one. But that whole manipulative side of the Kingpin, I knew that this is how they were going to approach it. We see that both in the visual and uh, some of the narrative beats where Kingpin, you know, says, portrays himself as the victim and is portraying Daredevil as, you know, the, the, the person who is... You know, bad for the city keeping is constantly shown wearing white whereas Daredevil was constantly in black you know, and he's the devil and you're starting to see how kingpin uses public manipulating the public and public trust to gain trusting to gain uh uh almost protection and now devil Daredevil was framed as a bad guy and then we also find out which has been done in the comics as well that kingpin hires someone else to portray daredevil um so to continue to make Daredevil seem like he's this he's this negative person. And that person is, and it's not really a spoiler to say, uh, a very well-known character called Bullseye, which I'm very excited to see. Um, there was actually two trailers released today. Did you see the other one, Trav? Meet Agent Poindexter. It's Meet a, Agent Poindexter. Yeah, it's, just, no. it's underneath. It's on the list. It's right there. Where it says Daredevil season three, underneath you should see it says Meet Agent Poindexter in the in uh, Shane's notes. Um, you really get to see a little tease at Agent Poindexter, who is AKA Bullseye, 
And in this one, they're making him seem like he, or they're portraying him as a police officer who kind of goes goes rogue and is hired by the Kingpin to portray Daredevil because he's just as skilled. And if you know anything about Bullseye, he's kind of like Hawkeye and Daredevil where he never misses his target. He's got perfect aim. Um, I'm excited to see the fight off between Daredevil and Bullseye. Um, Bullseye was previously played by uh, Colin Farrell in a pretty shitty movie. And it was rumored that Jason Statham was going to be playing Bullseye. Um, but obviously that didn't pan out. I forget the actor that they got to play Bullseye this time, but it's not an unknown actor. But I think it's a good play. I think you needed someone that kind of looks enough like Charlie Cox to do something that, to have a narrative where this character is supposed to pretend to be Daredevil. If it was Jason Statham, you would never, you'd never be faked out by this or you'd never believe the characters are faked out by this. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see the battle between Bullseye and Daredevil. Season three, can't come here quick enough. October 19th, that's next week. Oh my God. Oh no, that's it's this Friday. Week. <sighs> that's this Friday. Oh my God. <laughs> Friday. I just watched the uh, little snippet about Bullseye? Mr. Point Dexter. Oh, Point Dexter. Looks awesome. Yes. Um, so look out for that review, guys. Next week, we should be giving our spoiler free, and I might do a spoiler talk for this one as well, for Daredevil Season 3. And if you have any views of your own after seeing it this weekend, let us know. Send us an email. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, in, info at thenerdybunch.com. Travis, anything else to say about this? Looks great. I'm going to be on that spoiler review. Um, here's a spoiler for you, Dave, for the next one. This looks like a really weird movie. It always has been, always will be. I don't get it. I don't understand why it is a thing. <laughs> and now we Travis. just have a deeper trailer here, which then leads me to believe this is just a weird concept. And whatever. Let's do it. Let's talk about Mortal Engines. But Travis, it's from the makers of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit franchise, Travis. If you didn't realize, they're going to keep telling you that over and over again. Dave, Hundreds of years. That is the award winning oh, Lord of the Rings true. trilogy. Thank you very much. This is very true. Hundreds of years after civilization was destroyed by a cataclysmic event, a mysterious young woman, Hester Shaw, emerges as the only one who can stop London, now a giant predator city on wheels, from devouring everything in its path. Feral and fiercely driven by the memory of her mother, Hester joins forces with Tom Natsworthy, an outcast from London, along with Anne Fang, Anna Fang, a dangerous outlaw with a bounty on her head. This is set for release December 14th. Is that the same day as Spider-Man? Yes, the same day as Spider-Man. Sucks for you, Mortal Engines. No one's <laughs> gonna watch you tell you right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> if the first trailer confused you, this trailer does nothing to change that. Um, it's just like, it looks like it's trying to jump on the YA bandwagon a few years too late. And I don't care how many times you tell me it's from the filmmakers behind Lord of the Rings movies, even though it's directed by the second unit director of Lord of the Rings movie. So tell me that. Give me, tell me the real truth. Peter Jackson is not as involved in this as the trailers might make us believe he is. He's doing his own thing and doing other things. Um, Travis, we've seen so much of this movie in terms of trailers and stuff. And I still couldn't tell you what this is about. I assume the it's about saving the world or something. <laughs> it's, or taking down London machine. London. Or like, stopping like this 
crazed mutant green-eyed baddie that came out of nowhere. It just I, I it doesn't know. make sense. I did like his scream though. His scream yeah, he looked kind of, kind of he looked menacing. I'll give him that. Yeah, he I'll looked pretty menacing. That. It's like from the synopsis, you think London is like a sentient thing, like London, this monster called London. You know, like why is maybe it's based on the book and maybe the book is better but this whole thing of the cities roaming around eating other cities and all that there's just too much going on and this is another film kind of like for me kind of like um the aquaman aquaman movie i think when you're dealing with heavy cg movies you have to be very careful to not make it look like a video game cutscene. i think only only few only few movies or filmmakers are able to do that and I think Aquaman is the same thing, and this is the same thing. Whenever I see the scenes, you, you can clearly tell it's a soundstage, so I'm completely removed from it because I'm like, well, they're not in that environment. It doesn't feel like they're in the, that environment. So any danger that might be there doesn't feel any weight to it, so I don't care. Um, these characters look like cookie-cut-out characters from any YA story that you've seen over the last 10, 20, or 10 years or so. Um, this could be Hunger Games characters all I care or this whatever I'm not going to watch this movie I'm going to be watching Spider-Man so yeah this is a no see for me <laughs> at least uh, you know what it is Dave it is a, a flight over to London or something six hour flight yeah type of movie just because yeah. even like, though like it looks just now. odd it does spark a little bit of curiosity but that's all I gotta say about that. Well, I don't even want to spend more time on this. You know what, Peter? Yeah. You should have stopped at Lord of the Rings. That's just what I gotta say. <laughs> that's what I gotta say. All right, Mortal Engines. Congratulations. Who knows? Let's move on to actually something that I would go back a season to watch. Yes, I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> I was hoping this trailer would make. This is a great that. trailer, and it feels yeah. epic, and it feels adventurous. Let's talk about Star Trek. What's their ship called? The Enterprise. The, no, but the, it's Star oh, Trek. Oh, this one. It's the, oh, this one starts off with the Discovery. The Discovery. Season yes. 2. Star Trek Discovery Season 2. We don't have an official synopsis yet for this one. But this will be released early next year. Um, but this trailer, oh my God. I am so super excited. I watched Season 1. I absolutely love Season 1 to the point where, depending on how long this series lasts and how well it does, it's on track to possibly be one of my favorite iterations of Star Trek, period. Period. Right now, it's already in the it's already in the top three. Right now, it's it's already up there. Um, because I'm a huge Picard fan, so that's that's huge for me. Um, this I love what they've done with Star Trek. I've always said for the last few years that Star Trek belongs on television, not movies. I enjoyed the JJ movies. Don't get me wrong; they were fun for what they were. But Star Trek needs to be more than fun. Star Trek has depths and nuance and it has something to say about people and our relationship with others and social commentary and all that kind of stuff. And they did that brilliantly in season one through this character, one of my favorite new um, TV characters, Michael Burnham, played by Sunico Martin-Green. He did a great job with that. And they did a great job with kind of flipping what you thought you knew about Star Trek. You know, this is set 10 years before Captain Kirk and the Enterprise and that whole we're gonna go out there and explore new worlds and new civilizations and Starfleet being this kind of beacon of hope and peace bring us to the galaxy well discovery shows what did it take to get to that peace 
getting to peace isn't an easy journey. It's easy to say, oh, let's gonna do peace, let's do peace. But to get there, Starfleet had to do things. You know, Starfleet becomes this kind of, un this, this entity that embodies good and doing the right thing and pushing harmony and, uni and unity and sharing of science and ideas by the time Kirk comes. But it wasn't an easy journey to get there. There was uphill struggle. Starfleet had its dark moments and dangerous times where they, you know, they had bad leadership or they had different morals. And what I love about this series is that I'm a person that always was was always brought up to be that do good for the sake of doing good, but doing good isn't easy. It's going to be a hard struggle to get there. And that first season did a great job of that. This season we're introduced to Captain Pike, who will become Captain Kirk's predecessor or who is Captain Kirk's predecessor he's the person that ends up training and bringing in Kirk and we also get our first look at Anson Mount as Spock and he looks amazing the first time we're seeing Spock with a beard and he kind of looks kind of like um um the guy that played Spock in the recent film what's his name damn it I lost his name now uh uh uh, uh. damn it what's his name Spock in Star Trek whatever you know what I'm talking about in JJ Spock Star Trek it looks connected and it's, I think, um, Alex Kurtzman, who worked on Friends, Travis. Hey. Alex Kurtzman, he's the showrunner on this. I think he's doing a great job. They put a great budget into this. It continues to look like it's fun series with fun characters. All the It's one of the shows where all the characters are great. And it's, I'm glad to see them come back. Um, but nobody's safe in this show. I'll tell you this right now, Travis. Nobody's safe. You may think, oh, this is a... a a big character or a big actor, they're definitely going to last. Nope. They don't play around in this show, and I love it. Um, highly recommended. I'm avoiding spoilers on purpose. If you love sci-fi, period, watch Star Trek Discovery Season 1. If you're outside of America, it's currently airing on Netflix. Yeah. Um, in America, I think CBS All Access to watch that. Looking forward to Season 2. Travis, let me know how, like you said, you just briefly mentioned this made you want to go and watch the original show or original season why let me know it did um and shane real quick last 20 seconds just cut it out because my dog be barking and our listeners don't want to hear that shane's Anyhow, not gonna edit it out He's they don't want to listen to this um dave just based off of you know like the epic scale and adventure i think it's just intriguing you know and i'm sure that's what intrigued everyone else when star trek was at its heyday uh i think that its ability to deliver on that scale now is reinvigorated kind of that primal emotion that one has to kind of go see these epic stories and there were some good character moments and good acting. And so, yeah, it just looked like something that I would want to go back and experience and be excited for season two. So that is where my that's where my hat falls in the ring. So are you saying that this is another trap? Perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have between now a, that's a and 2019. Perhaps, I think. Is what I'd go with that. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, you know, it's not as strong, perhaps, because there's just not enough in this trailer to find a perhaps in there. Is George R. R. Martin's Night Flyers? 
Coming to Sci-Fi Channel, Night Flies follows eight maverick scientists and a powerful telepath who embark on an expedition to the edge of our solar system aboard the Night Flyer, a ship with a small tight-knit crew and a reclusive captain in the hope of making contact with alien life. But when terrifying and violent events begin to take place, they start to question each other and surviving the journey proves harder than anyone thought. This is also based on um, the book written, also written by George R.R. R. Martin, who, for those few people who don't know, is the mind behind Game of Thrones. Those so Travis is one of our... Rock. Res Sorry? So for those living under a rock. <laughs> right. Um, and Travis being one of our resident uh, Game of Thrones peeps. Big time. What do you think about George R.R. R. Martin delving to something that's completely different in terms of genre? Well, in, for those that don't know, George got his start in sci-fi. He's been predominantly sci-fi uh, before he penned Game of Thrones. And where George can go back and forth in terms of whatever he writes is the fact that he is a moral, morally driven writer. And that is to say that his characters are always in conflict. I mean, that's the whole thing behind Game of Thrones is like the human morality in conflict with itself. So, you know, I think that that's what makes Game of Thrones compelling. I think that's what's going to make this compelling. And now that you have them in a situation where it's kind of close-knit, it's in a one uh, set sequence within this, this ship, I think that, you know, tensions will be high. You're going to have backstabbery you're gonna have personal conflict and if all the episodes i think i don't know if they said they're just gonna dump it in a stream or if no, it's they gonna are. be on dumping all everything. mediums they're dumping it all okay. on all mediums you're gonna see everything in one in that case picture. i think that's a it's a it's a much watch just because yes. george is george and so write me down i will be watching this one how about you? No, I, I'm super excited for this. Again, it's science fiction, so you know me and science fiction. I'm jumping in there. Uh, you already have my you, you have my money, as as the meme goes. Um, sci-fi Channel, I think, has been doing a fantastic job recently of sci-fi shows. I've already said majority of my favorite current sci-fi TV shows are on Sci-Fi Channel. Shout out to The Expanse. You guys should check that out. It's a fantastic show. Um, this evokes stuff like aliens to me it makes me feel like alien the movie alien hmm. that kind of horror with alien um part to it however what makes this interesting as well for t in terms of a tv show because it's long-form storytelling um is the fact that we're going to look at each individual character it's mentioned in the narration or each having has their own reason to board the ship mm -hmm. right so i'm sure we're going to really delve into each character there's that scene where the woman sticks that thing in her arm it's She's disgusting not it looks like it's going to have some cool practical effects as well. Um, what's happening to planet Earth? They said we have a dying planet and we need to go to this alien spaceship to find an answer. I wonder what that's all about. It seems Mission very intriguing. Mission contact solutions. Yes. So I wonder I wonder how that how that relates. Like why is there an alien spaceship going to help with saving the planet? What do, yeah. what, do the, what do the two have to do with each other? So this definitely hits all the right beats for me in terms of horror, character, intrigue, sci-fi. I'm definitely on board. I will be checking this out and definitely reviewing this for the Nerdy Bunch. Love it. Love it. Very excited. Maybe just as excited about a light, funny, and at least from the trailer, self-aware 
Harley Quinn animated series. Harley Quinn follows Harley Quinn's adventures after she breaks up with Joker, including receiving help from Poison Ivy and others to become a member of the Legion of Doom. This heads DC Universe's streaming service in 2019, and what we saw wasn't necessarily a trailer, but more of a Comic-Con announcement. Yeah, it was more of a PSA, kind of. Yeah, and I think it served more to give us a tonal um, example of what it's going to be like. I don't think that's a clip from an episode. Uh, We will know that it's probably... definitely inspired by things like Deadpool but I think if there's a character who can be inspired by Deadpool and make it work it is Harley Quinn um, it also shows that it breaks breaks the fourth wall and it does what the best DC animated comedies usually do be self-aware and make fun of DC itself and she's like you want us to be dark everything should be dark <laughs> I thought and this is something that's rare for me to say it's a DC property that I am highly anticipating I'm looking forward to this, but I usually say this about DC animation. They do good by me in terms of animation. This is the kind of things I want to see more of, you know, be self-aware, own what people, how people perceive you, and then flip the script. And I think, I, I even love how Batman's portrayed as this buzzkill. I can't <laughs> wait to see that relationship. <laughs> um, this looks like, looks like it's going to be fun, and I think, I'm assuming it's going to be R-rated as well, or at least skewing to the adults more than the kids in terms of tone. Um, yeah i'm highly anticipating this harley quinn i thought you know i'm sick and tired of the love for harley quinn if i'm perfectly honest but this this looks good i'm I'm definitely down for this one what are your thoughts trev it's not much to not much information we got about it i think that the tone in the in this psa if you will was proper it even harkens at the deadpool animated series that we never got so like I think that's I think that's where DC's bread and butter is right now is being self aware, uh, taking shots. I think Harley Quinn's like heyday is now, so you might as well capitalize on it, which yeah. is interesting. So I think that the world's their oyster right now, and I'd love to hear your review on it, Dave. I know that you're probably going to watch it, so I think that's something that I'll look forward to. Definitely, definitely. I think this is things like this are much needed in the superhero landscape, you know, because it proves that's the, variety. The, yeah, it shows the variety and versatility of these characters because what happens is general audiences think, oh, it's just the same thing every time with superhero comic book movie stories. This kind of breaks it up and says, no, you can do different things within that, those, within those um, parameters. You can have fun and break the mold a bit or go left instead of going right every time. And again, with a character like Harley Quinn, it works perfectly. And I actually like the role that Poison Ivy plays in this. I think recently in the comics, they kind of put Harley Quinn in and Poison Ivy together as a couple, I'm not sure. But I think they are a couple right now, which could be something that factors into this as well. But I think something like this, because it's its own story, you don't need to have history of the characters, whatever. It seems to be just having its own fun. It's a great way to bring in audiences into DC's streaming service. I think this could be something that kind of could hit the zeitgeist in a way that people are like, oh, you should check out the Harley Quinn show. It's hilarious. You know, kind of like how other animated comedies kind of break and become part of the social conversation i think this, this could be one of those sure that they have a big opportunity here yes. not only uh what you just mentioned but also you know i think for the broader audience and now this is going to be in dc's streaming service so it's kind of more of a fan service regardless though is that you've got them trusting in their 
I don't know how you'd want to define Harley Quinn, but maybe B-list. Maybe she's a little A-list now, given the Suicide Squad and whatnot. But, like, you know, you knew the Joker and Harley Quinn was kind of there. But now they're giving her a little bit more reign, which I think is great. I think that DC has a lot of really strong um, female characters good or bad it's, so it's funny it's funny you mentioned that actually because it mentions synopsis that this is set after the breakup with the joker and i think that's one of the things that harley needs right now who is harley outside of the joker you know i think that and that, that's a question that this series could also look at could have that nuance to it where it's funny and and jokey and stuff but there's an undertone that says she's kind of rediscovering herself and, and the audience needs that because we only relate harley to the joker and she needs to be more than just joker's lady sidekick if you will and we'll get back to another sidekick as we continue here on bunch of trailers everybody make sure to check out our other podcasts on the nerdy bunch and remember to hit us up at info at nerdybunch.com we're on twitters all the instagrams listen to other stuff provide your invoice like subscribe share helps the podcast out and helps us continue to be nerdy so we are going to continue rolling and brolling here to cut you off travis we also have a website now and we've got a website yeah we're we're like the new cool kids now there's website things we i heard that those website thingies are where all the cool kids are at dave so we we they kind of are that's what i hear you got to have in 2018. Yes. What else do you got to have, Dave? You got to know who you are in 2018, right? You got to self-identify. You got to be able to put it on your shoulders and say, this is me, world. This is who I am. But Sabrina, the teenage witch, now she, upon her 16th birthday, has to figure that out more than anyone else. In the Netflix re-relaunch, Sabrina. Dave, take it away. Magic and mischief collide as half-human, half-witch Sabrina navigates between two worlds, mortal teen life and her family's legacy, The Church of Night. Part 1 arrives on Netflix October 26th of this year. Um, It's called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and from this trailer, I can see why. Um, I was one of those kids, you know, I was a 90s kid who watched Sabrina, T- Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I used to enjoy it at the time. I don't know how it's aged, but I had, I had fun with it enough to be something that I remember. Uh-huh. And so when I heard this was coming out with Netflix, I was intrigued. I was like, okay, how is Netflix going to approach this? Because I don't know if you can approach it in the same way in this day and age. I don't think it would work. And I think Netflix understood that. And it's having fun with that because I love the tone of this. It has that whimsical, t- um, fun tone, but it also has a darker underside to it. I've which, got I've got Grindhouse as a yeah no, adjective. it gets very dark, super Grindhouse. And I think that plays into what you you were playing with in terms of when you were saying she has to balance both worlds. And I think that's the point. You know, her human life is this kind of whimsical tone, but then her witch life reminds us that no she's a freaking witch you know like witch in the dark sense too not like witch here's like a cute fuzzy you know development out of magic which is more of what the 90s early 2000s yeah um series was this is like 
we're I'm going to school in history class, but then after that, I'm doing like a satanic ritual. Yeah, right, with a demon. <laughs> yeah. You know, things like that. Like, you actually see, it's not like, oh, a demon in human form. No, we see actual demons and stuff like that. And her aunts, um, kind of, they own a, a mortuary. And um, just like the darkness of it. And I think that's great. Uh, it's focused more on the occult nature of it because I think that's good because you're going to see the duality of her life and that's going to be the big focus of how does she balance this in the trailer we see that she chooses not to go full witch she has a choice to go full witch and she chooses not to she's like mm-hmm. I'm going to go against that and I think that'll be an interesting place to play in and just before Halloween I think this is going to be some great Halloween viewing October 26th I will be there to definitely check this out and give you my review I like the look of it I like the characters it looks fun. The music looked fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it doesn't go too lighthearted at the same time. No. Netflix, you, you you look good for this one. I'm down. You got me. Yeah, I think so. And um, Kieran Shipka? Yeah, that's her name. Um, I first saw her when she was in Mad Men, and she's a really great young actress, and she looks like she's going to do great in this. So very excited to see her continue her roles uh going forward i'm possibly this might be my uh favorite trailer that we're about to jump into right now uh because i saw it it came out of nowhere really and the concept's fantastic i think it's relevant um and for any hip-hop fans out there it's just you can't not Ex, you know, want to go see this, uh, especially if you are a battle rap fan. Uh, let's talk about Bodied. A progressive graduate student finds success and sparks outrage when his interest in bat rap, battle rap as a thesis subject turns into a competitive obsession. This is actually executive produced by Eminem. Marshall. He gave us a 8 Mile. And, Travis, it is a YouTube original movie. Uh, YouTube getting in on the game. Yeah. Um, this is, a, this is a movie I'd heard about for a while in terms of behind the scenes that Eminem was working on. And I was thinking, well, this is another 8 Mile. You'd have a white rapper gang and battle rap. This is 8 Mile over again, 8 Mile 2. And then seeing the beginning of the trailer, I'm like, oh, of course, this looks just like 8 Mile 2. You're going to have, why is it every single battle rap movie has to be a white guy doing the battle rap story? And then the scene happens with this guy's sister, and then she bodies him. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what this movie's about. Okay, I'm into this. I'm feeling this. Um, it has like this kind of the, the trailer at least had a rhythm and the movie has a rhythm to it it almost feels like a musical mm-hmm. where they just keep everything is like in rhyme and rhythm and battle and the guy's like can you stop rhyming everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <love that> <laughs> yes. I think it was really well yes. done and yeah I think this movie has a lot of nuance to it I think like you said it's timely it looks like it's it has something to say that's something that goes takes it beyond um movies like eight mile eight mile is more of a personal journey and Mm -hmm. a a story about a character where this is more a broader story yeah and it will deal with things like you know cultural cultural appropriation it will deal with race issues and social issues and how does that all fit in and i I love it i love that it's like it really is it is it's great social commentary I, you know it, at least it seems like it I love that scene where the guy's like man I can hear the racist thoughts you're thinking <laughs> <laughs> or how about when he's like and you actually knew I was Korean that's like yeah. considered like that, pub- right? uh, what are you saying that's considered politically correct in the rap game yeah. um, I, I do love it so I've got an inkling 
that this is loosely based off of a battle rapper called Roan, R-O-N-E. And Roan is a nerdy white boy that is almost exactly like this character. He came out of Penn State. Um, and why I think there's a connection here is not only because he pretty much a, you know, looks like Roan, um, at least from the nerdy white boy type thing, but also you watch, you can see a DJ in the trailer wearing a Penn State sweatshirt. So nice. I think that it is loosely based off of it. And if you want to go see some Roan rap battles, uh, battles, sorry, you can YouTube Roan and then type in K, uh, uh, sorry, um, Grind time, and then uh, and then there's uh, I think it's like Kill the Dot, um, which is up in Canada, which is a battle rap. Uh, Shane, Shane, can you put the link in the description? Yeah, definitely put easy. it in there because they're really yeah. cool. Um, Roan takes on Profit, and it's a fantastic uh, rap battle, and it basically you know where it kind of differs from Eight Mile, but not too much, is that. You know, the unassuming white guy actually knows how to battle, right? And then he can use the stereotypical tropes to win the battles, which is all that rapping is. I mean, that's all that rap battle is. And if people are looking for, like, you know, in the booth tile stuff, this is not. This is like yo mama jokes taken to an X rated, uh, you know, battle scene so for me dave this is a this could be a day one i mean i really like this and i'm really excited to see how it develops as a narrative i hope they don't hold punches they shouldn't eminem producing it don't imagine they will and i think, I think this is a really studio cool movie this is youtube original movie so i think yeah. they have more leeway to do whatever i think so i think that's really cool for them to be able to put their hat in this ring um and Shout out to Roan and Penn State because I've watched many of his rap battles and they're really awesome. Shane, make sure to link to that. Guys, that's Bodied. Check out the trailer. You'll be excited to see it and I think you're going to want to watch it too. And pay your disrespects. I love that. Pay your disrespects. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. It might be the movie that is needed in this politically correct world that we find ourselves in. November uh, 2nd, that's not that far away. No, no, we, we're right up on it. All right. Talking about America and this politically correct America, uh, let's talk about the gods that rule over this country and the new ones that are trying to take it over. American Gods Season 2. Dave, I know you love this. I know Raven loves this. I know you guys got podcasts on it. What do you think about this new trailer? A storm is coming. American Gods returns to stars in 2019. I loved season one. Yeah, we did do a podcast on it when we were over at some other network, which we shouldn't, we're not allowed to mention. For contracting purposes. Yes, of course. And um, yeah, I absolutely loved the first season. This is based on the book by Neil Gaiman. And I think this is a fantastic adaptation with updates, of course. And season two, it seemed to make season one look like all prelude to the actual story. It feels like we're finally getting into the nitty gritty of the story. It looks like we're going deeper. And one character even says, now we're in it, you know, like now we're in the fairy tale. And I think season one, if season one was draw, drawing us into this world of gods and things like that, 
season two is us living in it. For those of you who don't know, American Gods uh, brings a story of the idea that every god that you've read about or heard about is real. Is that they become real based on how much belief we had in them. You know, so people like Odin, Zeus, and gods from different religions and cultures, they are all real and they are powered by belief. And as belief grows or wanes, their powers grow or they die. You know, so over time, different deities become more like at one point, a lot of people believed in the Greek gods like Zeus and Odin, but now not so much. So they're not as powerful now. I, However, I still do. I, I, yeah, a lot <laughs> of people don't know that about me, but I still do. And by being called American gods, this focuses on the gods now that in America. So as different people came over to America over the years, they brought, they brought their gods with them. You know, Africans brought their gods, Greeks brought their gods, other cultures brought their gods over to America. However, in the modern age, if we say the, the gods are based on how much belief and how much focus you put on them, the new, the new gods arrive because you have gods who are based around technology. You know, because if technology is a god, that's going to be one of the most powerful gods out there right now. And so what season two is alluding to is this larger narrative where there's a war coming between the old gods and the new gods, you know, of, of wealth, the god of wealth, money, attention, and all that kind of stuff. Those gods are going to be way more powerful now. Than, than they were. Or, or there's some new gods that are coming in. Like, you know, it's, there's a social media god now. There's a young kid. And, and, but it's super powerful. There's a kid who's got a lot of power suddenly because there's a lot of people give attention to social media i think it's a great allegory for kind of modern society and how things are perceived and i think it's done really really well i love the first season i can't wait for this new season to come out and i'm sure raven if you listen to this let's get back in on it let's do spoiler reviews for the episodes because i think we had a good time doing those yeah down. i think i'm gonna follow in on you guys this is another one that i'm gonna go watch season one and uh and join you because hits all the points. I love Neil Gaiman, Gaiman, G-Man, Galapagos Penguins. Anyway, I don't know where that one. Um, that's a when's that hit release, Dave? That's twenty nineteen. We don't have exact date yet. We don't have a second date yet. Okay, so I've got some time. All right, nice. guys. If you are an American God fan, if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, let us know. If you want to join in, we can start a conversation when this all wraps up. Maybe. Trav will do a little podcast to the second season because I've not seen the first season, Dave. Do you know what we should call the podcast? American Pods. Ah, <laughs> American Pods, writing it down. Oh, it's too good. It's too yeah, good not to do it. it now. Now I got to do it. All right. Do it. Um, grand finale, Dave. I think you want to nerd out on this one too. Um yeah. Let's talk about Titans. Titans. Ooh. Titans follows young heroes from across the DC universe as they come of age and find belonging in a gritty take on the classic Teen Titans franchise. Dick Grayson and Rachel Roth, a special young girl possessed by a strange darkness, get embroiled in a conspiracy that could bring hell on Earth. Joining them along the way are the hot-headed Starfire and lovable Beast Boy. Together they become a surrogate family and a team of heroes. And this is set for release on the DC Universe's streaming service this week, October 12th. Um, also, fun fact, at Comic-Con it was recently announced that it already has a season two. So that bodes well for the first season. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Teen Titans characters. I've read a lot of the comics. Uh, I watched the animated TV series. In fact, I made my wife 
rewatched them with me and I watched the recently released Teen Titans Go movie which I highly recommend and it's one of the best movies produced by DC. It's we talked about DC animations being self-aware. This is one of them. It's very good. Um, in, ter in terms of Titans, Robin as a character, Dick Grayson specifically, is my favorite DC character. So anything that he's involved with, I will uh, show interest. Um, I'm interested in this. I don't say I love it. Um, there's a lot of things that I like. Okay, first thing I like, I like the look of Robin. Um, I even like the darker takes. Like, I think it pertains to Robin's relationship with Batman. And from what, what I hear, we're going to deal with the fact that Robin left Batman. That relationship with each other is something that I love about Robin. Realizing that I am becoming more and more like Batman. I don't I don't want to be. I want to have a more normal life. So I'm going to leave him. I love that. Um, it seems to be we're going full in comic book mode. Where we're seeing uh, Raven. I don't know why they call her Rachel. Her name is Raven. Um, we're going to go in her, into the fact that her father is a demon. She is half demon. Her father Trigon. And so we're going to go full fall into it this isn't something that holds back in terms of the comic book tone of the the character this goes full comic book um i'm a bit worried in terms of they won't have the production value to sustain some of the stuff i don't like the look of when beast boy transforms into a beast it looks very cgi uh it doesn't look as good as i want it to look and i know a lot of people had a lot of issues with anna diop's character as starfire a lot of people had issues or some people I should say had issues with the fact that um, she's portrayed by an African-American they assumed that a pink alien from the comics is supposed to be white apparently I don't know <laughs> I do have issues though with her character's look in terms of I hope that's not her current wardrobe because she kind of looks like a hooker I don't know <laughs> I hope it has I hope it has story a point in the story that's why she looks like that because she is an alien circuit factor in that oh she just throws in some clothes that she thought was good but it actually looks stupid um but they maintain the fact that her and Robin do have a relationship, like in the comics, so that's going to be fun to watch. Again, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to give it a try because it's comic book-based, Teen Titans-based, and Robin-based. But I'm not ready to say this is going to be really good. But it having a second season already does bode well. So look out mm. for my review. I will be checking it out this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it feels a bit dark for me. Yeah. Kind of threw me off. I think it's because there's still such a bad taste from the Snyder days of DC yeah. where you're like gosh so it's just gotta be dark all the time like eh. so it's not against it cause maybe that's what it calls for but exactly it just it feels too dark and perhaps you know the Teen Titans was a team I didn't get that team aspect yet and perhaps they're building it maybe season one is building that um but you know, this is a moment for them to capture that new narrative with Robin. Uh, it looks like it's not going to hold back from any, like, gore or violence. So mm -hmm. they'll, you know, I think everyone likes that in superhero movies. Fuck Batman. Uh, or Batman. Oh, by the way, he does do a Batman fall. Yeah. In superhero land landing. Um but you know what, Dave? I think the problem with this one is that it's on DC streaming services. And that's, a, that's a problem for you, not for me. No, you're right. You're right. It is a problem for someone who's not going to go buy that service. So I guess it's all a moot point, for my opinion. Uh, I think it's going to be a Netflix uh, international um, release. Oh, cool. 
It'll be a Netflix. Well, you know, I think that if they can pull this off, a Titans movie isn't too far down the road if they can really feel this one out because I'm sure they're trying to get Robin on t- on the big screen separate from Batman. And this could be a cool avenue. I mean, hell, they already got an animated series in there, so... Travis, what you should do, I think they have, like, a week's free free um, trial. Mm-hmm. You should totally sign on when Titans comes on and just watch it all. Yeah. There's an idea. <laughs> For a week. There's an there idea. Or I could just you snag know. your information. Netflix up in this bitch. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> is that day one for you, Dave? Definitely. I'll, uh, intrigue makes it day one for me. Intrigue makes it day one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, nerdies, you let us know if that's a day one for you also. Uh, and if you are some DC fans, maybe reluctant DC fans, maybe some closeted DC fans... Uh, I think there's enough coming out where you can come and and voice your voices, if you will. Let us know. Let Dave know. Talk to Dave. He's going to watch this stuff. I might not. I might be there to listen to you If I like it, I'll make Travis watch it. Make me watch it. Make me watch it. Give me a try about that. So, So guys, thank you for tuning in. That wasn't as long as I thought. What? No, we did it. We did good. We that did good. We had a lot. We had a lot to go through. We, we got through a lot. In the We've time shared, that we had. Dave. I think we are new men after this pod. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were not the I men agree. who started this pod, but we are now better for it. All right, nerdies. That's all the time we have for today, kiddos. But remember, we've got multiple podcasts. We've got yep. an Instagram. We've got Twitter. Yep. We got Facebook. Yep. We got a website. Yep. Yep. We're growing up. It's incredible. And we have these cool little cards that if you take a picture, you're instantly going to hear this voice in what? your eardrums. What? I know. Technology, That's amazing. Dave. It's insane. Science. 2018. Wow. Guys, keep rolling and rolling into the fall. It's actually much colder now in Fargo. It's kind of winter. But we are going to continue these trailers all the way until... Trailers aren't a thing, or I don't know. The world Fun blows fact, up. Travis, trailers used to trail the movie, hence trailers. I know. They're beginners now. Earliers, yeah. sometimes years in advance. Be- but before-ers. guys, follow us on all the Instagrams at the Nerdy Bunch. Info at the Nerdy Bunch can contact us. And like, subscribe, share. And remember, if you see Shane, tell him to call his grandmother. Everybody. You all need to be aware of that, all right? Dave, would you like to do the honors? Keep it nerdy, guys.